Joe and Future Radio. Hello. Hello. Uh, thank you for calling. <laughs> oh, excellent. And um, apparently it's 9pm with you. Yeah, uh, it's 8pm uh, now. Oh, 8pm. God, my, I know it's very exciting when you have these uh, international phone calls trying to work out what time people are. Because I do quite a few in America and obviously they go backwards because that's... Most of them take place in the evening during the daytime mm-hmm. there. But anyway, yes. So look, you're coming to Norwich very soon, aren't you? Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited to come to Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> this is all good stuff. Because the first time I came across Shona Knife, there was a brilliant compilation that I always go on about, which I thought was stunning. Um, well, I suppose there's several. There was John Peel, my obsession with John Peel. But there was also the compilation um, about the Carpenters, wasn't there? The the band. Oh. And that was mm-hmm. one of those compilations that um, we all absolutely loved. And I thought, oh, this is very exciting. So, um, yes, there you go. Can you remember much of that? Yeah, thank you very much. And um, for uh, Carpenters' tribute, um, um, we covered... Uh, Top of the world, and the top of the world song is very pop. But uh, we wanted to put some uh, rock essence on it, so uh, we recorded uh, with fun. Yes, that's good stuff. And then I suppose because of um, I was one of those kind of indie punk kids who loved. Um, yeah, sort of grew up, especially in the late 70s and 80s and became obsessed with John Peel. And the first time, he, you know, he introduced us to so much music and probably one of the first bands that um, I heard probably from Japan was the Frank Chickens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, Frank Chickens was living in London, so but uh, we are uh, living in Osaka, so... Uh, uh, the situation is a little different. <laughs> yes, we we true. can we uh we cannot speak English very well, and uh, we are very far away, uh, living in faraway country. <laughs> so, yes. So look, talking um for those who haven't sort of come across the band that much, and that would be a shocking thought. But could you just give us an idea of how the band were formed and and the sort of the general early years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was late 81. Actually, uh, the first uh, rehearsal date was December 29th. And uh, I wanted to start something interesting. And uh, I was boring for daily uh, daily life. And uh, at that time, uh, I liked uh, British uh, punk bands like uh, Buzzcocks, uh, The Jam, or uh, American punk bands like the Ramones. And I wanted to be like them. And um, and I asked my younger sister, Atsuko, and my uh, friend, Michie, to form the band. And did it come together quite easily? I mean, did you, did you sort of have a um, kind of a musical background yourself? Or were you quite punk in the sense of you, you just thought, well, I'll think about that after we formed a band? Um, all of us uh, have have never played uh, uh, guitar, bass, or drums, but uh, all of us uh, have ever played uh, piano. Uh, that's it. So uh, we started from uh, zero, and uh, I, Atsuko, uh, tried to uh, 
make a drum lesson by herself and using uh, cushions. And for me, uh, I bought a cheap guitar and I tried to uh, play, but uh, my I had a very sore finger, so it was very hard to play the guitar at that time. Yes, absolutely. And did you sort of find, because I sort of spoke to quite a lot of bands, and um, they often take a while for them to eventually get a sound that they think this is kind of worth doing. How did it... I mean, how did it go with with Shona Knife? Because because you sort of you seem to from if you formed the band in eighty one, you suddenly got your first album and your first kind of um, releases out quite quickly. Yeah, um, when uh, we the first first show was uh, invited uh, by a very young boys band and. Uh, we opened for them, and then uh, after then, uh, many many bands asked us to play uh, together. So uh, and then one day, uh, a, a person from a small record label called Zero Records in Kyoto uh, uh, came to our show, and uh, he offered that he would like to release our albums. Fantastic. And then, obviously, you know, because we were just very fortunate in this country in the sense that at the time we had, you know, the music press was quite good. We had the NME and the Melody Maker and Sounds, and the, the NME especially. And then we also had John Peel. And obviously, slowly, you sort of got into the attention of John Peel as well, didn't you? Yeah, um... I don't know, but um, after, I think, uh, we released an uh, cassette album from an American uh, record label called K Records. And uh, the, I think John Peel uh, got that cassette tape uh, from, I don't know who gave it to him, but uh, he played our song songs uh, at his uh, program. Yes, because when there was a compilation that John Peel played that I remember sort of being very excited about, and to be honest, it didn't take much for me to get excited about the eighties. But there was um, there was a Sub Pop one hundred compilation that you were on, wasn't wasn't it? Oh yes, yes, um, Sub Pop one hundred and um, uh, Sub Pop uh, the friend of Sub Pop guy uh, Calvin Johnson uh, who uh, owned. Uh, owns the K Records, uh, came to Tokyo and he bought our vinyl from Zero Records uh, in, uh, I think it was 80s. And he uh, sent me a letter and then uh, he wanted to release our cassette album from his label. And uh, Sub Pop Guy and Calvin Johnson uh, is a uh, friends, so uh, Sub Pop uh, made us a contact to, and we uh, released uh, the Sub Pop 100. Yes, because obviously that was a compilation that I remember John Peel played the Sub Pop 100, and then two, and then it was a compilation called 200. Lots of imagination, but obviously that was the one that introduced us to all these kind of Seattle grunge bands. 
including the one and only yes people like nirvana as well so that was quite a, that was quite a groundbreaking record and obviously for for people like me you know we we sort of wanted to do, to listen to all the bands and anybody that was obscure obviously goes down tremendously well in the uk because because we're always looking for the next big thing and um, obviously showing a knife and at that time you'd also been almost churning out churning out um an album a year which was quite prolific Oh, um, it was very, uh, it was quite a, a good output. You know, there was, there was like most bands have an album, they do the tour, then two years later, the next album. But you, you sort of brought out um, in sort of a very short period of time during the 80s, four albums, which was quite extraordinary. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Yeah. Uh. Could you tell again? Sorry. Oh yeah, no. You yeah. During the during your early years, you brought out um, kind of I, I believe four albums between nineteen eighty two. Oh. To, oh yes, yes. To eighty six. So obviously you were on a, a completely fantastic creative role at this period. Yeah. Um, I I was very lazy, but uh, our record level person uh, made me uh, in a hurry to make songs uh, and I, I, we, we could uh, release four albums in 80s and early 90s. Yeah. And uh, yeah, all all albums are very very independent and very underground. <laughs> yes, and um, and at that point, because I've sort of interviewed a lot of bands, and obviously, one thing I've noticed with a lot of bands is that um, they normally last five years. You know, they they bring out, you know, they form because they think that's a good idea. Then they do the single, which that goes quite well. And in those days, you know, John Peel might have played it. So they then decide to do the album at all. And then they have the problem of the tricky second album and and, um, and obviously that dynamic in the band. But um, you survived that five-year uh, kind of story that most people have quite easily. Mm, many people around me uh, helped us a lot, so I just wanted to uh, work for uh, my friends and people around me. <laughs> yes. And also, I mean, how did you get on? Because over the years, you've had a few different members that have come and gone. So how did you manage to sort of, because you've been the one constant and there's been quite a few other people that have kind of gone and then come back again. I mean, how, how have you managed to sort of keep the excitement and energy of the band together? Um, uh, I think uh, many uh, fans of Shonen Knife all over the world uh, support me a lot. So uh, I want... Uh, people uh, enjoy uh, our music and uh, I want to make people happy through our music so uh, many fans um, made, made me made me uh, keep uh, rocking yes, <laughs> keep on rocking you definitely have kept rocking because your output has been extraordinary I mean what would you because you've obviously been You've got a huge amount of experience and you've been through several decades now, which is always impressive. What would you say to your 18-year-old self starting out in the world of music? 18 years? Yeah, so what would you say if you met your 18-year-old self or an 18-year-old person who was just, oh. just about to begin music? 
Mm. Yeah, it's it's difficult, but um, um, don't don't worry and uh, keep just keep on rocking, <laughs> yes, and be relaxed. <laughs> oh, that's a good one, actually. I mean, did you manage to? The other thing that a lot of people have issues or problems with is kind of dealing with you know like a manager and a record label and the publishing. Did you manage to? get a grip of all those um, aspects of the business sorted out in the early days or even in the latter days? Yeah, um, when we had a major record label contract, uh, we had a professional uh, big company uh, management, but uh, now uh, we managed uh, with one person and uh, very independent. Uh, it's very easy to uh, work and uh, we are very free so uh, i can make uh, music as i want so uh, it's very easy yes no that's good uh, yeah <laughs> and just going back because obviously one of your you know you might not look at it like this but you obviously um supported uh, nirvana when they were sort of just about breaking big with their album um Oh yeah, never mind. I, I got there in the end. I mean, I mean, what was that experience like? Because obviously they went from being, you know, they'd just done an album in about 80, 89 called Bleach, which was on the Sub Pop record label. And, you know, I remember going to see them on that tour and they were quite, they were actually supporting another band called Tad. So they weren't that big at that time. And then obviously they had that amazing explosion when they released Nevermind. So how was it kind of supporting a band that was kind of just about taking over the world? Um uh when uh we got I got uh I got a uh, uh, offer from Nirvana to tour with them uh, it was 91 and um I didn't know Nirvana so uh I didn't know uh, Nirvana was so big so after we uh, went to the tour with Nirvana, I was so surprised because uh, they played uh, at a very big, huge venue and uh, all shows were packed. So, um, and I was very scary to tour with Nirvana uh, because uh, the, they looked very wild and um, <laughs> I... <laughs> I have never uh, seen such uh, wild uh, guys. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, once we we met uh, with them, uh, they were very very gentlemen and very kind to us. So the tour uh, was very fantastic. Fantastic Good experience. Yes, <laughs> and also apparently you um, taught Kurt Cobain to play a song. Oh yes, um, at uh, some uh, charity uh, gig, secret gig, uh, Kurt wanted to uh, cover my song called Twist Barbie, and at the dressing room, uh, I taught him the guitar chords of uh, Twist Barbie song, and uh, Kurt was very smart, and he uh, 
understood very quickly. <laughs> Excellent. Did it seem strange? Did you see him? Did you see the version that they managed to record? Uh, no, I've never seen it. No, no, neither have I. And also, because you've obviously sort of played with a lot of different bands and acts, including the BMX Bandits, who I've had on this show as well. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, we toured with them. Um, their music is very pop, so I like them yes. a lot. And were you, um, were you aware of the kind of the... I mean, you mentioned quite a few of the, um, I suppose, the punk bands. Were you aware of that kind of indie scene that was happening in the UK, especially during the 80s? Um, for, for Nirvana's show, uh, we toured with uh, Captain America 2. They are from uh, Glasgow and uh, one member is from uh, uh, Eugene, Eugene Kelly. And also uh, the uh, BMX bandits. Or, and also uh, at that time we released an album from uh, Seminole Trunk uh, label from uh, Creation Records. And I saw uh, artist uh, at the Creation office. Uh, it was, uh, I think, a members from ride okay yes yeah i got you i mean were you at all aware of people like the smiths and um dear old johnny johnny Marr and morrissey mm-hmm. yeah actually uh i i don't know very much about smith <laughs> That's fair I, enough. my my age my age is uh actually early 80s or late 70s so uh like, uh, I don't know <laughs> very much about 80s music. Yes. Oh, that's fair enough, actually. I just wondered, because cause obviously John Peel was kind of at that time had picked it up, and um, I just wondered if you were sort of... Did you ever feel kind of part of any kind of particular scene, that, um, you know, music scene and sort of community? Um, I'm... I'm so ashamed, and I don't have any friends at music scene. So, <laughs> and also, but I think uh, I'm I'm having a good relationship with uh, Douglas from BMX Bandits or. Uh, Mandarin from BIS, B-I-S. Uh, oh, yes. He, she is, she is uh, 90s, 90s music, not 80s, though. Yes. But, uh, yeah. Excellent. Well, look, you're going to be touring very soon, aren't you? So that's going to be fantastic, exciting. And do you find, just one last question, do you find that you're sort of, you're, you're sort of, when you look out at your fans, are they people that were with you be, at the beginning or are you also picking up new fans as well, the, a younger audience? Yeah, um, sometimes uh, our old fans took their daughters or sons or sometimes grandchildren. <laughs> so um, our, there are many uh, young fans and old fans. So uh, various uh, kind of ages people uh, come to our show. So uh, it's very good for for me. Yes. 
That's fantastic. Because I, I sort of realised that you've you've played a lot of different little festivals, and quite recently you did one. There was an, an event that used to take place all tomorrow's parties, and um, and you appeared at that by and it was the the English comedian Stuart Lee that um, he curated that festival. So, do you always find you know when you get those phone calls that you know it's it's kind of quite amazing how many people have kind of grown up to sort of enjoy your music yeah um i yeah i like festivals and uh, many people uh grew up with shonen night music that's fantastic and um yeah uh, and uh i played at uh atp a f- few years ago uh, the curator was uh the Simpsons author, and um, I saw uh, members of the Raincoats at the ATP festival, and uh, we we talked a lot. And because uh, I was listening to uh, Raincoats a lot in eighties uh, when I was young. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. It's funny, I've done an interview with Gina from the Raincoats, so I was quite pleased, actually, because they're still about. And obviously, you and um, the Raincoats are, are bands that people like Kurt Cobain. Oh, and the Marine Girls. There was another band called the Marine Girls. Who, oh, Marine Girls. Um, yeah. They were all sort of bands that John um, Kurt Cobain put in his top 50 albums of all time. So, you know, he had fantastic taste, actually, Kurt Cobain, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'm so honored uh, yeah, that he picked up Sean and I, so I'm so honored. <laughs> yes. Well, look, thank you ever so much for giving me the time for this interview. And, and what I'll do, I'll tell your um, whoever that email I've been sending to when it goes out so you can find out. But I'll definitely be playing it before your um, date in Norwich. Have you played Norwich yes. before? Yes, two years ago uh, we I've been to Norwich, and uh, I've heard that uh, mustard is famous in Norwich. So uh, I, uh, um, we have a song called Wasabi. Uh, do you know Wasabi? No. Wa- wasabi is uh, green mustard. <laughs> uh, it's a Japanese product. So um, I think I, I like uh, hot taste food like mustard so i'd like to try excellent try it well, in good. Norwich. so yeah, absolutely that, that is the place to be so what's your song called that you do did you say uh, wasabi what, what albums uh, what album's that from our late latest album uh adventure adventure oh i'll, I'll, de- I'll definitely make sure i'll, um, I'll go and take that uh, yes i'll de- i was just thinking what songs i'll play but anyway that would be um god that would be fantastic you must play it when you come here and tell us the story. But look, thank you ever so much. And um, yeah. I, I hopefully it's all recorded. I have to say that the sound quality has been brilliant. Sometimes, you know, obviously your your in, internet connection is better than a lot of people who live just down the road. So that's fantastic. Yeah. But look, thank you ever so much. And I'll keep in touch. And hopefully I'll see yeah. you on your tour. Okay. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye.